0: Hello, and welcome to the Executive Security Podcast, where we talk with CISOs and other leaders in the cybersecurity space about their careers. Our goal in this podcast is to inspire others to join the fight. My name is Gene Fay, and I'm the CEO of API security company ThreadX and the host of the Executive Security Podcast. Today, we are joined by Eric Richard from HubSpot. Eric is SVP of Engineering and CISO and co executive sponsor of the People of Color of HubSpot Employee Resource Group. He oversees HubSpot's engineering operations team, including the team's responsibility for executing on the security and technology risk management to protect their customers, partners, and business. Welcome, Eric. We're big fans, so we're customers. We're super excited about having you on today. Obviously, a a lot going on in the world. It's March 4th, a lot going on. How are you feeling about everything that's going on?
1: So thanks for having me on. Obviously, it's a lot going on in the world right now. We have employees with families over in Ukraine. We have teams over in the Ukraine. And so just making sure that uh, everybody is safe and able to Focus on, on their wellness is the most important thing, but the, the good news is we, we are good. And uh, thank, Thanks for having us on.
0: Yeah, again, thank you. And for the HubSpotters that are in the Ukraine, my, my thoughts and prayers, and I hope everybody is just safe. It's a, quite a crazy time. Let's jump into it. Eric, you've got a, you work for a great company, HubSpot's been around for 16 years, Darmash and Brian. For those that don't know HubSpot, we use their product. I've used them for God, uh, I think it's been around for 16 years. I think I've been using the whole 16 years. And I remember when you guys were in that small part of that building, you now on the whole building and it's exciting. So uh great company. And then I know security is uh, top of mind. You've got a great background. You've been a founder. You, you grew up on the engineering side and then eventually rolled into becoming not only handling engineering, but also a CISO. I'd love to learn a little bit about your journey and how did you end up eventually taking
1: over a cy- cybersecurity and becoming a CISO? Sure. Absolutely. So if if I think about who I am, I I think about myself as a VP of engineering. That's my entire career through my entire life has been running engineering teams. And obviously, if you're building a product in particular now with SaaS, security is an important component of it. And so at my last company where I was VP of engineering there, I, I happened to run IT and I ran our security program because our Product needed. That was a part of our product. And then I came to HubSpot, and for the first six years that I was at HubSpot, I I ran the engineering team. That was my job. I, I ran the entire engineering team there. One piece of that engineering team was the security team focused on the product. And then about two years ago, our existing so he decided to retire, and so there was an opening there. And I had a conversation with my boss at the time and said, "Hey, that sounds interesting to me. What I think is interesting is I am not." your typical CISO. I, I don't have the pedigree in the background yeah. of your typical CISO. Sorry to cut you off, but I just
0: have to mention it because it's funny because as we were doing these, I think every CISO says the same thing because it's <laughs> such a different background, right? Yeah. It's not your classic. There, There isn't
1: one track to get yep. where you sit, right? What, what's fascinating is I, I started reaching out to other CISOs in the industry and just talking with them. And I don't remember who I was talking with, but they made a really interesting comment that what they're seeing is with SaaS businesses in particular, having someone coming from the engineering perspective to be the CISO is actually incredibly valuable and incredibly powerful. So if you think about my background at HubSpot, like I know our product, I know our teams, I know how we build how we build our product. And again, if you think about a SaaS-based company, like the primary threat is probably against the product and against what data that we're storing in there. Yeah. And so it's, I, I now oversee our corporate security, I oversee physical security and our product security. The thing that will get us on the front page of the New York times is if we were to ever had a large scale attack against our product. And so coming from that product background actually, I think is a real uh, benefit for me in this role.
0: And it is, it's so in a SaaS business, it's so difficult to, you know, you know delineate I happen to know uh, the, the former CISO at HubSpot, Chris McClellan. He was yep. founder of Prior Company, a great yep. guy. His daughter actually works for us, but for the listeners, they don't need to know any of this, but it's a great uh, side story. But uh, talking with Chris and his background, I think that the SaaS businesses now have to just be, be hand in glove. And it, it's got to be a situation where you can't have finger point because if there's a breach, so your CEO, I'm sorry, I just forgot her name. Yeah, she's going to go in front of like... Yep. Government agencies, and she's not going to say, Hey, Eric, or who or, you got one throat to choke. So it, it makes sense. And all the ways. So when you think about your role and you think about the, the shortage of talent that's out there, we, we talk about on the podcast, like today, over 3 million open roles, and we, we're searching for talent, right? So, at, at HubSpot, uh, how do you guys think about attracting talent? Obviously, you've got a great hot company and that helps, mm-hmm. uh, but even Google, Facebook, Amazon struggles to find talent, great cybersecurity talent. What do you guys do? And, and what advice would you give somebody who's listening to this podcast that says, Hey, I want to work in cybersecurity. What should I do today to try to start that journey?
1: Sure. So, it gets two different pieces of it. That's yeah. one is uh, us as an employer, and then the second uh, for a prospective uh, candidate out there. So for us as employer, I, I don't think I've got any magic answer as to what we're doing. I think, as you point out, we've really focused, and you referenced Brian and Darmesh and, and Yamini. I think they've all really focused on creating a great company, and if you create a great company, that's going to be one of the best the best advertisements that you have out there. I think, and so let's pull on that thread a little bit. What does creating a great company mean? I think inside of HubSpot, one of the things that we've really focused on from when I joined eight years ago and we had 50 people in engineering all the way up to now, when we have a thousand people in engineering, is really making uh, sure that every engineer, every person in the security organization feels empowered to have an impact and make change. Uh, So you always hear us talk about the word autonomy. Autonomy is like a, a buzzword. We talk about like, how do you make sure that like really when we're hiring someone, we're not hiring them so we can tell them what to do. We're hiring them so they can tell us what we should be doing. And I think if you give a person a great company with a great mission in solving interesting problems and surround them with other great people, like that's a great place to go to. Obviously, it's the same competitive environment for us as when we're hiring. We're fighting against all those other people. But I think that's really where we started from is start from the point of, create a great company, and hire great people. To your second question on the what should a perspective, someone who's interested in getting into the industry do, I'll tell a little bit about my, like my journey. So at my last company, again, I was running engineering there, and I went, my, our COO, who was my boss, came to me and, and asked me to basically build up the security program. I as an engineer, like I have some understanding of security, but I was not a security professional by any means. And so literally, I started going out and taking some of the SANS. I loved the Sand's classes. I started reading books about cybersecurity. And I think through that, and, and then just surrounding yourself with people who you can learn from. And so I think over the course there, I wound up getting more and more educated about this space to the point you can talk about it. And I certainly do not think about myself as an ex, but I think like those are the sorts of things that I think are really useful to help get yourself acclimated to the space and understand what's going on.
0: Yeah, and I think the SANS, we'll put some uh, information in the show notes about SANS. I think for me, my my journey was slightly the same. Like I was in traditional B2B software I joined a startup that was a SIM vendor, and then suddenly I have to learn to talk to CISOs, and uh, I remember one of my first sales kickoffs, I invited one of the SANS speakers, and it was the first aha moment to realize how important what we do is, and this is now uh, 17 years ago, but really the passion at which he spoke about, like saying, look, we are saving businesses, we are saving lives, and... And then I think about another person like Bruce Schneier talking, and he talks about if nation states did in person what they do online, like we would be at war all the time. Like we've got this <laughs> terrible situation, but literally if the Chinese were to walk into Raytheon with guns and pull the patents out, like we'd go to war, but yet that happens all the time and we accept it. So Sands is a great way to get acclimated. And and I think books is another way. I'm actually reading a cult of the dead cow, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, like, a. Uh, Dummy, I should have read that a few years ago, but amazing. And we're having Chris Weissopel, one of our guests coming up here. So we're really excited. So yeah, I would encourage people like there's so many great free assets out there that people want to help you learn about this industry. So yeah, do your research. And I want
1: to poke on something you said there, because it's it really helped me as I thought about my role. So when I took over the, the, the role, the CISA role, our CEO, so Brian at the time was our CEO. He came to me and he basically said, We've got this amazing business. It's growing like gangbusters. We're on an amazing path. Like we can see this path becoming a a truly remarkable company. Eric, your job is to make sure that train doesn't go off the rails with you know a some sort of a large cybersecurity attack. Yeah. And that's it's. At, like it it, it, it is an existential threat. It is there. There are relatively you know, once you get to the size of a HubSpot, there are relatively few existential threats, and this is one of those. If you're not playing games, yeah, right. and I think like he recognized that, and he decided to put you know. Dear and make sure that I understood the the importance of my role. Uh, But yeah, I totally agree with you.
0: Somebody has to stay up all night and and think about these things. And uh, yeah,
1: it's definitely a situation.
0: But I think that's what makes it such an exciting role. And and, and again, going back to people that don't know anything about this whole area, we had uh, David McLeod, the CISO from Cox, who's uh, from a military background. And uh, Tom Quinn, the CISO at T Rowe Price, who's also got a military background, and we're saying to that group, please join us if you want to like get your energies and your competitive nature working. Like this is where you could come, and you don't need to write code on day one. There's things to be done on the sock, and there's lots of training programs. So I think that's absolutely there's a big need, and there is that excitement that, uh, and again, that transition over the for 17, 18 years for me, where it was pretty compliance driven. Early days, where now everybody accepts. How you know, Brian accepts that there's real threats to the business. The board accepts there's real. So that's why there's budget. And one of the things I talk about in the podcast is, but not everybody is money driven. But the average salary in the U.S. is around forty thousand dollars. The average salary in cybersecurity is one hundred twenty thousand dollars. So that's, you know, there's real money to be made for people that can join us. So the next question I I think really would resonate with you and it resonates with me as well. And it's no secret that in cybersecurity and tech and gen, especially at the leadership level, with the exception of HubSpot, there's just not enough diversity and and we need to help bring diverse views into into this environment. So I'd wonder, what do you think HubSpot's done to create such a, a great diverse environment and then, again, I'll put it to the second question. What can companies be doing to attract a diverse talent pool, specifically in cybersecurity?
1: Sure. So one thing I'll say, and I'm, I'm just so blessed with this, is my director reports on the security side. I have two female directors of security. And then I've got one female who leads our security uh, program management, and those—that is my security team. So, like, I, I'm the minority among our security leaders, which is awesome. It's great, and I want to see more of that. I want to see, and I think one of the things we all know is that diversity in a in a company, it's very much of a self perpetuating cycle, either positively or negatively. That when people look up the chain and don't see someone that looks like them or represents them that they can aspire to then they're much more likely to opt out. Okay. And so in you know, in our case at HubSpot, having Yamini as our CEO or having those two directors uh, underneath me, like that provides that, that next female engineer who comes in is able to look up at them and see, ah, I, I, that's, I can become that at some point in time. In terms of what has HubSpot done in general, HubSpot has been on a multi-year journey around increasing diversity at the company. It's something that I think if, if you went back... Um, three or four years ago, um, I don't think we were particularly proud of where we were at. And I think we recognized that there was a lot of work that we needed to do. And I'll tell you that on the place that I think we've done remarkably well at and the place that we still have more work to do, the place that we've done remarkably well at is we've invested a tremendous amount in um, campus recruiting, so new grad hires where And then what we've done is we've gone and looked at, okay, where are the great, great CS programs, the great security programs around the country that have really diverse populations and then recruiting from there. The result of that has been just game-changing in terms of both our uh, gender diversity as well as our ethnic diversity over the past four years or so. Uh, HubSpot puts out an annual diversity report. And if you just look at that report over the past years, we break it out by department, you can see products change over time. It's, and it's been... Really, just very exciting. I think the place that we've probably struggled more on is at the senior leadership level, both the senior levels and the leadership levels. I think that takes just a lot of energy. You don't, you know, the great part about campuses is you can choose to go to a campus and there's a pool of hundreds of people there that you can go after. You don't have that same thing that you can do with more senior candidates. I will say, probably one of the biggest things that we've done in the last two years is HubSpot moved to a model where. Every single person we hire can choose whether they're going to be remote in office or flex. And what that basically did is it expanded our recruiting population. We used to primarily recruit in the Boston area. Now we can recruit across the entire country. And that like, just dramatically expanded the uh, reach that we could go after. And in a specialized discipline like security, where it's hard to find people, being able to go from, oh, hey, I can hire within you know, 10 miles of the city to I can hire in the entire country, it's a game changer. Oh, by the way, it increases diversity as
0: well. Uh, Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense. Absolutely. And from a diversity perspective, people with a diverse background, I always say it's like a calling, please come here. Like we are in search of you. Like we will help to get you into this industry. I've taken it upon myself because I'm a Northeastern grad, both undergrad and MBA and working with the AD there to work specifically with the the students with diverse backgrounds to try to encourage them. Because part of that is just helping make connections. Like many of them are not even thinking, and many college students in general are not thinking about cybersecurity. Uh, So just trying to help make a connection. Like, hey, here's a field with, you know, billions and billions of dollars being spent and it is exploding. And there are 3 million open jobs today, like, hey, come here. And oh, by the way, we are also super, we want to start to build diversity into it. So I, I think that's great. And I, again, accolations to, to you guys for just doing a phenomenal job and, and holding to it over the course of the 16 years and, and continue to set the bar super high. So for those listeners, if you want to work for a great company, HubSpot is definitely uh, tops for, for sure. Last question for you, Eric. In, you know, what's the best advice you were ever given to given by a mentor or a boss or a coworker that you'd like to share with our audience?
1: It's a great question. I think I'll go and I'll actually tie it back to the security space. It's advice that I got from my former boss, or COO, where it's the importance of storytelling. And in my CISO role, you might think about what storytelling got to do with it? Storytelling is all about helping people understand the impact and the why they should care about things. So I can tell a little bit of a story about something that I did early in this role. I went to, like I said, I've got a director of corporate security and a director of product security. So they own different areas. And I went to both of them and I said, okay, here's what I want to do. I want to do a pen test. I want to start with social engineering or phishing of our employees. I want you to go and land, you know, hook a fish, go land someone. And then I want you to show me how you can use that to go all the way to our product uh, data source and go like, find, find the really important information. Yeah. And I want to see if you can do that. And if you can, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go tell that story to our, our executive team. And so set off, had them go do it. They were able to, to do that. Um, and then came back and I, I, at some level, I feel a little bit sorry for our executive team of what I did to them. We got an executive team meeting together and I said, I want to give you an update on some recent attacks that we've been seeing. And I walked them through the entire thing as if it was like a a Hollywood produced, you know, caper where like halfway through, I think they were just like having panic attacks because they could see where this was going. And at the very end, I asked the question of how much do you think that it would cost to do this? And I said, I can tell you because I wrote the check, but it didn't have to be me who wrote the check. It could have been someone else who wrote the check. Yeah. And that storytelling, I think, was the most powerful thing we did of it. It just created this major momentum for, like, oh, my gosh, this is real. This is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I have to say, By the way, we've now gone and remediated all those issues that pen testers are found. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I, uh,
0: I know you have, uh, but it. It, it's it's a great story and, and, and the ability to storytell in, in one's career is critical because if you, you're going to take it a totally different approach, which is a, Hey, here's a deck with three pen testers, but let me bore you with what a pen test is and why they're important and this and that. So let's make this tangible. Let's make it our information. Let's make it impactful. Let's make it a little bit fearful, a little bit entertaining and then boom, now people are, they're bought in, right? You don't have to do any selling. The, the, the selling's done itself. And I, I think that's a great, great way. And I, I think for candidates, when they think about interviewing, I think storytelling is the key. Like when somebody says, what are your strengths or weaknesses? Don't just say X and Y, tell a story, tell a specific example of how you overcame an obstacle, or that's what people are going to remember. They want to see passion. They want to see excitement. They want to they get to know you. So that storytelling aspect of it is absolutely critical. So I, I think that's great advice, Eric. Absolutely. Thank you, Eric. Any final thoughts?
1: Nope. Sounds fantastic. Thanks for having
0: me here. I really appreciate it. That's all we have for today. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Eric, for joining us and sharing your journey and your thoughts on your career in cybersecurity. Please join us next time for another episode of the Executive Security Podcast. Thanks a lot and have a great day.